back with you. It is the Blake Show right here on a Friday on the Ref. Big breaking news Friday. Wagner's Heating and Air, of course, bringing us all of our breaking news updates. Josh Elmer alongside Travis Davidson. Connor Pasby back in studio as well. We're hanging out today out here at Westwood Park where it is the United Way Golf Tournament presented by Cavens Group. And uh, many of you, of course, know about United Way of Norman constantly fighting for better educations, financial stability, and health for every person in the Norman community. They, uh, through your donations, have served almost 60,000 people every year. So we'll be hearing from Darren Wilson and the crew at uh, some point this morning. I know that he's busy running around getting things organized, but look forward to chatting with Darren here after just a little bit. So the, uh, the big news this morning, of course, is Houston and Maine joining the 2024 schedule or announced as part of the 2024 schedule. What do we know about Houston, Travis? This is, I mean, this is a challenging non-conference opponent. You had to have the Power 5 opponent that uh, you added into the equation. And I guess we'll see, right, about Houston going forward dependent upon what happens this year. Donovan Smith is uh, at Houston now, of course, a former Texas Tech quarterback that, you know, I think had had done some nice things. And dependent upon, again, what this year looks like, all of a sudden this matchup maybe doesn't, uh, it doesn't look like a walk-in-the-park matchup for Oklahoma in its non-conference portion. But, you know, if things go poorly for Houston in in 2023 too, then maybe uh, – we're not, not as worried about this going into 24, but uh, you kind of look at it and you say, okay, what is Smith going to do at quarterback for Houston this season? How big of a factor are they in the Big 12? Yeah, it's it's interesting because we've got, obviously, like you said, some names that we know. Um, projecting out two years is, is always interesting. Um, you know, they've only got eight commits in, in the 2024 class that will be arriving on campus for that matchup. It ranks for their class ranks 75th overall the 2023 class 48th overall and then 2022 which really should be the bedrock of that 2024 football team was ranked 53rd so um they're not going to be bringing the requisite talent that like OU should have on the roster at that point in 2024 um you know what's interesting to me Josh is the timing right long had we speculated that hey we've got that September date open you know, what's to stop the SEC from scheduling Bama in that week? You know, like really kicking off the season with something early, and then we can kind of work out the rest of the schedule late. With Houston taking that date, kind of takes that off the table, and it was something that uh, apparently was agreed to before conference realignment really started shaking out. So, um, you know, no games, you know, a pushover by any means, but just looking at specifically their – they're recruiting the last three years. Uh, you can kind of build out what their roster might look like in your mind, and it is not a roster that will probably be a, let's see, probably not be a top five, probably not be a top six roster we face that year. Well, you mentioned it. It, it does set the first three weeks into stone, right, for Oklahoma next season, open with, temple on august 31st and then comebacks 
September 7th for Houston before Tulane September 14th. And then probably uh, you've got your SEC game, your opener, whoever that may be after that, whether it's home, whether it's away. That would uh, that would be the following week after the Tulane date. I'm we, we don't know this portion, but Maine and a couple of people are speculating out there on the text line that Maine is like the the perfect Oklahoma non-conference SEC opponent, right? Just toss it into the end of the season, and uh, it'll be a get-right, tune-up type week in full SEC fashion, right? Oh, it's it's exactly what the doctor ordered, and and when I said. Sixth best roster, I meant just of the home games. Uh, obviously, wasn't including any of the away games there because their roster isn't better than Auburn's or Ole Miss's or, dare say, even Missouri's. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, this is this is the deal, right? Like, this is the eight-game schedule SEC experience. This is, you know, Alabama for the longest time, we always joke about it, they get two buys, right? They And they always happen at the same time, typically. It's before Auburn and before LSU. So before they go into what are, are typically the two games that will decide their postseason life, they get a bye before each one. Not to say that Alabama hasn't been the best team in the last, you know, 15 years or so, but it's all you also can't deny that it's that's a bit of an advantage for, again, what is usually their two biggest games of the season, the Iron Bowl and the LSU game, they always have a bye before it. So, uh, yeah, we're finally we're, we're, we're getting the, uh, you know, the spoils of SEC life before we go to a nine-game schedule so or a nine-game conference schedule. So I love it. A bunch of reaction on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Number two, chime in with us, 405-651-3439. Just plug it into your phone, right? That's the uh, Travis approach and probably should be everybody's approach. Just plug it into the, the phone and you can, uh, well, download the app first and foremost. KREF, just search that and download it, the app. And then plug in the text line, 405-651-3439, and uh, you can hop in with us whenever you want. From the 303 up in Colorado. Uh, just the one response like this from Doug uh, in T-Town, and yet uh, there probably will be some others that have this thought as well. If they can play Houston, then why can't they play Oklahoma State? Well, because Mike Gundy shouted at us that, you know, that they don't have to because we're the ones that moved it, right? That they're not going to change their schedule based on things that we do and that they're allegedly booked up till 2035 and can't figure out a way. Some of the smartest people in the state, allegedly, um, can't figure out a way to schedule a game between now and 2035. But that's all right. You know, a, a lot of the conversation's been had about Bedlam. I get it. I get it. A lot of us want to play it. Some of us don't care to. I think on the poll it's probably, I don't know, probably about 70% OU fans don't necessarily care because we've got bigger and better things coming. Um, OSU fans don't want to play. But, look, if I if my school lost 85% of the time or whatever the number is when we played a game, I wouldn't want to play it either. What does, o, what does OSU's – Last 20 years look like, what does their entire history look like if they never had to play Oklahoma? I mean, are you looking at national championship appearances? Are you looking at real national titles, not like the 1945 one? Like, are you looking at multiple Big 12 titles? I mean, likely so. So, I mean, yeah, I I don't blame OSU for not wanting to play OU. Well, it uh, 
I think you're right. I think, you know, maybe if we had had the discussion five years ago and we posed a hypothetical, okay, what happens if they're in different conferences, percentage of Oklahoma fans that want to continue Bedlam would be closer to 50-50 or, you know, the majority saying, yeah, I want, I want to keep playing Bedlam. With everything that's happened and all of the comments from the Oklahoma State camp since, if it was close to 50-50 right under that hypothetical situation, Travis, then uh, it has gone, I think, the opposite direction for most Oklahoma fans to where they, they're just not going to lose sleep about not getting to play the, uh, the Bedlam game going forward. From the 405, <laughs> and this is uh, an interesting point, I bet Maine is our crappy late-season SEC game we all complain about until next yeah. year when we support it. Absolutely. Final That's, year, I mean, right? Final year to complain. That's what we want. I mean, that heck, Maine might be one of our better home games this year, so, you know, <laughs> can't complain too much. Brad from OKC asks, so we'll have seven home games in 24? And, uh, yes, Oklahoma will have seven home games in 2024. Yeah, and that's that's one of those things where, you know, the home schedule came out and – with the eight-game schedule, obviously going down from a nine-game Big 12 schedule, a lot of people looked at it and go, oh, man, I mean, it's it's cool we're getting all these SEC teams, but only three conference games at home? I mean, a- adding two more home games, we knew at least, you know, we, we, we likely knew this would, was going to happen. I mean, the home-at-home, we're going to get the first end of the home side. But, yeah, I mean, just seeing it and seeing seven games plus a game in Dallas where – like we would typically lose a home game. So theoretically, if things were were switched in Dallas, we would essentially have eight home games, like that possibility, that which is insane to me. Yeah, that is that is nuts, isn't it? Uh, what is somebody wants to know? What is Maine's mascot? The That'd the, be the lobster black bears. Man? That'd be the black bears um, of Maine. So yeah, it's. Uh, I, I, I tried to read up on Maine a little bit. Nothing real notable. Like I said, they've got 13 conference titles. Uh, they've played in one bowl game, which they lost by about 100 to, I think, East Carolina. Um, not, a, not a decorated history uh, for the Maine Black Bears, but that's Josh, that's exactly what you dial up for the late-season SEC schedule, right? I mean, they, I mean it, you could have gone with Mercer or somebody. I mean, it's the same thing. Well, and Tulane and Temple in addition to Houston, it's a pretty good little non-conference slate, assuming that Tulane, you know, not expecting them to be a New Year's Six Bowl winner uh, when you play them, but assuming that they can, you know, remain somewhat competitive, right? You, you combine that with uh, Houston, and then you think about Temple and Maine to go with the the sec foes that you're playing it's a pretty challenging schedule for oklahoma and just the the non-conference alone a couple of good teams in houston and tulane at least where we sit right now on paper a lot can uh, obviously change between now and then but uh just just looking at it where we're at today it looks like a, a nice little non-conference schedule we'll do a break let's hear from darren wilson it is the united way Hotter Than Heck Golf Tournament right here from Westwood Park, presented by the title sponsor, title partner, Cavens Group, from, again, Westwood Park today, and uh, president of the United Way of Norman. Darren Wilson is waiting in the wings. He'll join us next to tell us about all the great things that United Way of Norman is doing for 
for the city of Norman and uh, obviously the importance of this tournament right here and uh, a morning like today. Stepping aside, it's the Plank Show on a Friday. Big breaking news Friday right here on The Ref. Back with you after this. Back with you live today. It is the Plank Show. Happy Friday, everybody. Welcome in. It is the home of Sooner fans, and we are hanging out a big-time event right here from Westwood Park. It is the United Way Hotter Than Hack golf tournament right here again from Westwood Park and uh, presented by the title sponsor, Cavens Group. We welcome in the, the head man, Darren Wilson, the president of United Way of Norman. Well, first off, Darren, good morning. How are you, my friend? Good to see you. Good to see you. We have been out uh, preparing for golf tournament this morning, and it is, uh, it's meeting the name well. It is hotter than heck for sure, and we'll, we'll keep it family friendly, but uh, happy to be here, man. Well, uh, I've seen you running around, getting things organized and going. So uh, how's, how's uh, just the tournament itself working today? It looks like we've got teams of four up on the board. Yeah, we've got uh, over, I, I believe, right about 100 golfers out here today. Uh, this this tournament continues uh, to grow and, and, and be, you know, really just an awareness builder for United Way. And, and we're just we're thankful for the city of Norman. Uh, this is a city of Norman golf tournament that just the, the proceeds benefits the United Way of Norman. And we, we could not be more thankful for, for city of Norman. And then obviously uh, the presenting sponsor today, Cavens Construction, Cavens Group. Well, and obviously Westwood, right, for uh, letting everybody come hang out. And I, I know the stars are out today. So uh, uh, Justin and the folks from Riverwind are here. So there's a, a bunch of uh, our great sponsors, and uh, I, I know your great partners as well out here today. Just the importance of a day like today. I know you spoke to it just a little bit right there, Darren, but why Why? Why is today so important for you guys? Yeah, well, we just this week we kicked off our pace setter kickoff, and, and that means campaign is on and it's going. This is uh, This is go time for us. And the importance of an event like this, just, again, building awareness and raising money for the community. Uh, more than 60 people, uh, 60,000 people in our community uh, receive help from United Way and our partner agencies each year. And that it really kind of boils down to one in four people in our community need help. And without events like this, uh, without our workplace uh, campaigns and the fundraising that we do uh, between now and December, uh, those people don't get help. Uh, so we're just very appreciative uh, for those that came out today to play, uh, for all the sponsors, the event, uh, because it does raise money that allows us uh, to be able to make sure that, that people in our community who need help receive it. Well, and I think it's important to spread this point of the messaging, too. Who who do you guys help uh, with United Way of Norman? Yeah, it's we partner with 24 different nonprofit organizations. Uh, focus areas are education, health, and financial stability. So we're we're helping food and shelter and bridges and Big Brothers Big Sisters. And I, I tell people all the time, it's infant to elderly and everyone in between. Uh, there, there's not a person who really needs help from us uh, that we don't have a partner agency. Uh, focusing in those areas, um, we're getting ready to put a thousand, more than a thousand backpacks on kids tomorrow. That's amazing. Uh, so come out here today, and then I'll meet you at Sooner Mall tomorrow, <laughs> uh, where we're passing out a thousand backpacks. So, because uh, we want to make sure that kids start school ready uh, with with the supplies and materials they need. So, you know, again, just infant to elderly and everyone in between uh, when they need help, whether they're they're hungry, uh, whether it's a, a kid that's been abused and, and needs counseling services. Those are the kind of things that, that United Way and our partner agencies focus on. Talking with the president of United Way of Norman, Darren Wilson, in the house with us. And, and you know this, uh, the one, one cool thing about us is 
our leadership has really understood the, the vision of United Way of Norman, dating back to, uh, obviously, uh, the late, great Randy LaFoon to Brian and Casey. They understand. And for those that are maybe a little Internet illiterate at times, it's like, wait a second, well, where do I go to donate? It's really easy. Even somebody like me can figure it out. Just search United Way Norman in that Google bar, and then as soon as you get to the website, there's a donate link right in the uh, top right corner of the screen. Just your, your presenting partners today, the, uh, the Cavens groups of the world, why are they so important for you? Yeah, we, we definitely rely on uh, the business community and, and the support from, from sponsorships like that. United Way does not get state or federal funding at all. It is literally donations from you and from me and from people like uh, Gary and Jessica Cavens at Cavens Group. Uh, it's, it's the support of our community that allows us to be able to help so many people. So. And I know we, we were chatting uh, before we came on air here. Uh, excited again, right, for uh, your partnership as well with the Crosstown Clash coming up. We'll be there. We'll be there. I believe, what is it, is it August 31st? Sneaking is up, yeah. Crosstown Clash is coming up. So we always love, that is our community kickoff. Uh, so, so we will utilize that event uh, to really uh, announce to our community that, that fundraising season is here. A new option to give to United Way this year is just search us up on Venmo. Uh, so we're, we're now able to utilize Venmo as a fundraising source uh, to make it. We're, we just do everything we can to try to make it easy uh, for people to, to give. Um, and I always tell people, I, I want you to give because it meets your philanthropy goals. And it, it allows you an easy way, an easy opportunity uh, to support people that are in your community. Sometimes it's, it's, it's hard to think about, hey, I'm asking you to give to somebody that you may never meet. But it's somebody that definitely needs help, and that's why you give to United Way, because we understand what the needs are, and we make sure that dollars get to, to those organizations that can help those people. A little football before you slide out of here? Let's do it. What do you think uh, about this upcoming season? For Oklahoma, and then the the breaking news this morning: Houston and Maine on uh, Oklahoma's 2024 schedule. So, what do you make of the new opponents next year? And then, just optimistic for this season, where are you at? I'm so optimistic. I'm, I'm so ready for football season to start, and the heat outside today makes it even that much more exciting. Just because you know it's football season, right? It feels like it. Uh, the calendar turns to August, and uh, and I know we focus on it before that, but uh, I'm ready. I, I think uh, I think what Brent has done. Uh, the recruiting is certainly exciting to see, but but I am very optimistic about this year, uh, and definitely, obviously, we, we kind of put cart before the horse, but we're all talking SEC. Uh, let's let's end the Big Twelve with the championship, right? And then let's go into the SEC with our with our chest out, and let's go. I think I think the, the the home games that'll that'll be fun. It'll be interesting to see some of those new opponents coming into sure. twenty four as well, but. Uh, I'm ready to go. I, I think we're going to be. Uh, I think we're going to be better than expected. In the Big 12 stay, the way that uh, well it started, and the way that it's been throughout, right, with another Big 12 championship. Let's end it that way. Darren, hey, thank you for for coming by, and obviously, thank you for for having us out as well this morning. I, I appreciate you guys for being here. Thank you so much, Darren Wilson, the uh, president of United Way of Norman. This the United Way Golf Tournament from right here at Westwood Park. It's presented by Cavens Group and a bunch of other great sponsors as well. That uh, Darren Wilson right here with us, United Way of Norman. Again, really easy to donate. Just search United Way Norman. If I can figure out how to navigate and get over there, I promise you can as well. And that little donate bar is uh, right there, top right of the page. Let's take a time out. We'll come back and, uh, again, dive into the breaking news of the morning, which is the the home schedule being finalized, really just the schedule in general, 
being finalized for Oklahoma in 2024. And then the, the Iowa, Iowa State betting scandal, it continues to have tentacles that, well, it's, it's going to impact Oklahoma directly because uh, an Oklahoma State player is, is implicated in all of this, we found out yesterday. So want to dive into that as well. It's the Plank Show with you on a Friday. Josh Helmer hanging out alongside Travis Davidson, alongside Connor Pasby, taking a T.O. and wrapping up hour number one next right here. It's the home of Sooner fans. Back with you. It's the Plank Show right here. Josh Elmer alongside Travis Davidson. Closing up hour number one right here. It's the ref, the home of Sooner fans. Text line, it is a booming. Let's play cleanup before we get out of here in hour number one. The uh, big news of the day, of course, is Houston and Maine have been announced as part of the 2024 schedule for Oklahoma. It's both home games, and uh, folks are wondering, hey, no way, right? The Sooners won't play four straight home games in 2024 to open. That's from the 972 out of Texas. Again, just that. Surely the Sooners won't play four straight home games in 24. Travis, I'm guessing it'll be those three. I mean, we know it's those three to start for Oklahoma. But uh, I'm guessing Maine will be later on in the year. But technically, we don't know that yet. Yeah. You Again, you know the three. Like you said, September 7th is obviously that Houston game. Um, you're going to have Tulane and Temple early before you get into the non-con. My guess is it's going to line up with, you know, the conference schedules that we've seen in the SEC for the longest time as they've been in this eight-game model is the conference slate starts in week four, then they have a bye somewhere in there, and then their cupcake non-con opponent later in the year, sometime in November, I'm guessing. The only question, Josh, would be, does the SEC want OU to open their SEC life on the road, or do they want to give them a home game? I would lean towards them wanting a home game, and I hope it's Alabama. It would feel like the perfect moment, right? Get through those first three, and after you play Tulane, guess what? Alabama comes to town that next weekend. Would just be absolutely perfect. I mean, it's got to be... It's got to be, to me, Alabama at home or at LSU for the first SEC game. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, you can make the argument for a bunch of them, obviously. I think Alabama to start would be the best for a measuring stick, right? Because, again, loaded quarterback class, loaded quarterback class, they'll likely be on a second-year starter at that point as opposed to, you know, these ridiculous questions if Alabama's going to figure it out at the quarterback position as if they haven't been doing that for the last decade. Um, but it, it, it'll have more juice because I think Tennessee and South Carolina, I think those have opportunities. Like, they're not guaranteed to be good. So I would rather have them a little bit later in the schedule because maybe if they're on a run, their fans are excited, maybe we're on a run because we're stacking some wins in the non-con uh, maybe we we clip a couple teams on the road. Like I want that I want that Hypel return to Norman to be its own thing, right? I want Beamer's return to Norman to be its own thing. I think if we try and wrap up so much in that first SEC game, like say Tennessee comes to town, it's like okay, we've got the SEC coming. Oh, very cool. Oh, and we've got all these Hypel tributes. Oh, okay, cool. This, that, and the other. Like 
each each opponent brings something unique, it just makes sense to, you know, not try and load it all all the narratives up in one week and just have Bama represent the move to the SEC, Tennessee with Heupel, and then Beamer, you know, is the lesser of the narratives, but it's still a narrative. Well, and Oklahoma playing Alabama, Texas playing Georgia, right, in their first SEC games, that just feels like the the, the perfect scenario, right? Uh, play one in the afternoon, one in the evening, and you absolutely dominate the ratings that week. And it, it will not be close. Right, and, and, and that's what, especially given that the Big Ten and the ACC and all these people, the Big 12, obviously, with your mark, they're trying like hell to bolster their ranks and, and, and get some of that attention and everything like that. And basically Sankey's conversations and quotes have said, you know, it, we're kind of good where we're at right now. We'll look at the playoffs, see if we need to adjust some of the things there. But what would be better than the Big Ten rushing to add teams and the ACC trying to figure it out and the Big 12 adding more and more teams uh, from, you know, four time zones? And then conference play finally starts, and the entire country is just talking about the SEC. Like, and that's all that matters. I mean, you can't put you can't put another game on the schedule nationally that would compete with the headlines of either Texas and Georgia or OU and Alabama. But you put one at the two thirty slot, that sweet sweet, you know, SEC two thirty slot. You get the other one in prime time. Oof. That's going to be that, that's going to be a great day in college football. Couple of texts here to close up hour number one from the SEC snob. 2016 PTSD. That loss to Houston is real. Another opportunity to right that wrong. What say you, Travis? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, I don't think I don't know, Josh. You tell me. On the list of revenge games. How would you how would you rank? I'll put you on the spot. How would you rank the top three OU revenge games that you want to see the most? Oregon, right, has to be really high on the list. Yep. What else? I mean, that's got to be no, number one, I would think. Uh beyond that, uh, I mean, you can't say Texas, right? No, I would. I think the next one is pretty clearly Boise State. Oh yeah, no, yeah, no, no doubt. And, and you know what? That might even be that might even rank ahead of Oregon. But just the officiating portion of the Oregon game. I mean, a bunch of people have been waiting to amend that mistake. Right. We got him in the bowl game, obviously. But the yeah, I think Boise State would be a team that. Basically, you'd want to beat about 70 to nothing and feel really good about it. Right. Pour it on. (laughs) It's like, hey, that uh, one bowl game was nice for you, but don't forget, this is Oklahoma, and you are Boise State. And Billy Bowman. Also, uh, we're sick of seeing that highlight. Billy Bowman uh, proposes to Jada Coleman in the the, uh, end zone. Oh, man. That's perfect. Yeah. Uh, Got to have a proposal, right, to to really do the thing right and uh, truly right the wrongs. Hey, the, uh, the betting scandal has tentacles that it will impact Oklahoma State. We'll tell you about that next right here. Hour number two coming your way on the Home of Fans after this.